Welcome everyone, as we uh, continue through the book of Luke, we'll be in chapter 8, verses 22 through the end of the chapter, which is 56. So if you haven't um, had a moment to read that section of scripture, please pause the video and go ahead and take um, a couple minutes to read through it thoroughly, give it a good reading um, before you um, finish watching this video. Um, and then after the video, if you can and time allows, go ahead and give it another read. Um, and so uh, this section can be broken into three different segments, I guess. Um, the first is going to be uh, Jesus calming the storm. The second is Jesus healing a man with many demons. And the third is Jesus healing a woman that had the discharge um, and also um, um, bringing Jairus' daughter back to life. So um, in the, the first section um, where Jesus calms the storm, up until this point in the book of Luke, we have not, uh, the disciples have not seen um, Jesus have authority over the natural realm. They've seen Jesus perform miracles. Um, they've seen him um, heal. He, they've seen him cast out demons, but they haven't seen him have authority over the wind and water over, over the natural realm. Um, and so... Um, some of the disciples were fishers, uh, fishermen, and they had um, experience with fishing um, on specifically the Sea of Galilee. Um, so they would have been um, used to and under understood um, the types of storms that occurred uh, around the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee geographically um, is um, in a unique place where it has these cliffs and um, um, from my understanding, the way it works, when some cold air mixes with some warm air, um, that's what creates these turbulent storms in the Sea of Galilee that can be quite dangerous. Um, and so uh, you can understand that some of these hardened fishermen would have had probably experience uh, with some of the rough seas, but this, the storm was so bad um, that it just um, scared all the disciples enough to think that they're about to die. And so they go and they wake up Jesus and say, Master, Master, we're perishing. We're about to die. Um, and uh, similar wording to uh, the story of Jonah. Um, and so they they see this and Jesus wakes up and he uh, rebukes um, the, the waves and the winds and then there's calm. Uh, and then he turns to his disciples and says, where is your faith? Um, and so Jesus wants his disciples to have faith. That's going to be an important um, theme throughout this whole section is just faith. Jesus wants his disciples to have faith. Now for us, um, we as Christians um, are called to have faith as well. So for the disciples, um, this was a lesson for them to learn um, about the nature of who Jesus is, right? They were confused and they, they said, um, whoop, I'm in the wrong chapter. And they said, uh, who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him? They didn't know um, that Jesus was fully God and was able to have control over the winds and the water. Um, it was understood that only God himself had authority over the winds and the water, right? Uh, from the Old Testament, an example of this is is um, going to be when um, God leads um, his nation of Israel um, out of Egypt and through the, the Red Sea um, and Moses, um, you know, what was able to part the sea and God did that. And so uh, like, uh, for example, I'll quote Psalm 106.9. It says, and, and he rebuked the Red Sea and it became dry and he led them through the deep as 
uh, through a desert. And Psalm 89.9 says, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So it's uh, known that to, to the disciples that God in the Old Testament was the one that had authority over the wind and the waves. Um, but now Jesus is bridging the gap and making it more clear that it's uh, uh, this is no ordinary teacher that they're following, right? He's he's a Messiah. He has these spiritual um, uh, power over the, uh, the demonic realm. Um, he's able to heal, but he also has um, authority over the winds and the waves. Um, and so if, if you're not convinced of that answer, well, we get even a little bit more insight to that answer um, in the next section. I'll talk about that in just a second. But... Um, what I liked about this, and, and it was this has been really um, helpful for me in the past couple of weeks, but um, I think the point is that no matter what's happening um, in our lives as disciples today, that whether we have financial issues, uncertainty of um, a job, or maybe health uh, circumstances, um, and we'll call those the storms of our lives, that it can seem possibly to, just like it was to these disciples that maybe God is not there maybe he's absent or he's not listening um, and and it's just not true God is listening he is um, fully aware of each of our circumstances and not only that he cares for us and and we know that according to Romans 8:28 it says and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good uh, for those who who are called according to his purposes. So just as a little encouragement that no matter what season of life you are in, no matter what type of storm you are enduring currently, um, I want to encourage you to endure the storm well and have faith through it, knowing that God is fully aware and he cares for you. Um, and so um, as, as we go um, into the next section um, where Jesus heals um a man that had many demons. Um, this this is going to be an important section. This is not the first time that Jesus heals. It um, does, um, or, or what am I trying to say? Does a um, exorcism or cast out a demon? That's what I'm trying to say. Cast out a demon. It's not the first time he's done it before. Um, and so, what, why is it, why is this brought up again? I think just to continue to show the character of who God is. Um, a commentator noted that in this. Um, in, in this specific area would have been further south and east, um, which would have been more an area of just Gentiles and less Jews, um, modern day Jordan um, today. Um, and so maybe Jesus is, is bringing about and showing um, uh, that he has authority over the demonic realm um, in um, a new area, which is um, more Gentile based. Um, and so the, the main point is that Jesus is going to demonstrate that he has um, authority um, over the spiritual realm, specifically over demons. Um, not just one demon here or there, but absolute power and authority over a situation where there are um, a multitude of demons. And so um, the word here that's used when, when um, Jesus says, what's your name? And they say legion, right? Legion is in reference to um, a unit um, of uh, Roman troops which uh, would have been in the thousands. So, um, so there was thousands of demons um, that are oppressing this specific man um, who was oppressed for a very long time. Um, and so um, the, as Jesus arrives on scene, 
the demons immediately come up to him with a loud voice or just begging him and say, what do you have to do with, with me, Jesus? Um, and, they, and they say, I'll just read it. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? That's the answer that I was referring to earlier. Who then is that that commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? Boom, here we have it. Jesus, son of the most high God. Even the demons recognize um, who Jesus is and his authority. And you um, may or may not um, connect the dots and, and be reminded of um, Luke chapter 2 when um, the host of angels appear after Jesus' birth and they proclaim, uh, praising God, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Oh, sorry, that's not the right verse. Um, chapter 1, um, yeah, chapter 1, verse 32. And he will be uh, great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Verse 32, he will be great and be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will be will uh sorry and the lord god will give to him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end um so when uh, the demon is um, referring to jesus son of the most high we know that in luke chapter one um, when um, gabriel uh, is going to mary and just telling her about who jesus is is going to be he's son of the most high he is the savior of the world he is going to usher in the kingdom of god that has been proclaimed in the old testament for thousands of years um, so as uh, they continue um, jesus um, is demonstrating um, even in this situation um, grace and mercy um, even to his enemy here, the, the demons. So they say to Jesus, please don't cast us um, into the abyss. Um, and instead, would you please uh, allow us to go into these pigs that are nearby? Um, the uh, word for abyss, um, if you're curious, it just connotates, according to the New Testament, um, the words that it's used, it connotates the place of the dead, according to Romans 10.7, or the realm of evil spirits, according to Revelations 9.1. It's also used in the Old Testament a little bit, um, but in any case, sufficient to say that uh, without trying to figure out exactly what the abyss is, um, they just didn't want to go there, and they wanted to, to, to just enter these pigs, and uh, Jesus was, um, in my opinion, gracious and merciful enough to grant them that request. Um, and then so they enter these herds, the herd of pigs, which was probably in the thousands, um, and then they all just ran off the cliff and died. Well, what is this? Why is this significant? I think it's just to um, demonstrate and give us a picture um, of the nature of demons. They're just chaotic, they're damaging, they're destructive. That's just who they are. They're, they're the opposite of what Jesus stands for. And we also can see that they were um, obviously oppressing this man for, for many years and isolating him and, and just like acting like a crazy person. Um, that's the nature of demons. So um, one thing I'd, I'd like to read is from a commentator, um, James Edward. And uh, he says, um, in the kingdom of God, the rescue and restoration of a wretched individual supersedes even the lives of animals and the vast capital assets. So Jesus cares about a broken person over the life, lives of animals or even, you know, um, capital um, or just assets in general, money or, or um, capital assets is sufficient. I don't know why I keep trying to rephrase that. Um, so in this section, um, obviously after this, the man is healed and, um, and, and 
and God just brings a supernatural healing to him, and then Jesus wants to follow him. So um, it, it's really fascinating and amazing to me to be reminded of these stories, to just be reminded of who Jesus is and his character. And I believe that's why it's here in this section of scripture for us, to be reminded of how powerful God is. The next section is uh, Jesus healing the woman of um, uh, disease of 12 years. She had this uh, discharge. So the story is that uh, Jairus, he was a um, synagogue ruler. So picture maybe like a, a local synagogue. Um, and he would have been the ruler of that synagogue and in charge of all the affairs. And so his daughter, who's 12 years old, she's on her deathbed. Jairus sees it. His the family sees it and knows it. And um, in times of desperation, um, you're inclined to do whatever you can. And so um, Jairus was led to go ask Jesus. And he goes before him and goes on his knees and begs Jesus um, and, and implores him to go to his house that he might bring healing to his daughter. And Jesus agrees. And you can imagine the urgency that was uh, about Jairus. He was very much aware that his daughter was um, on her deathbed, literally, and, and time was of the essence. And so he's uh, trying to bring uh, Jesus to um, his house. And on the way, um, this woman who had the discharge of 12 years uh, touches the, a tip of his garment and immediately healed. Again, demonstrating the power of Jesus. Um, and so Jesus recognizes it. And at this time, there was a crowd that was just pressing around him. Um, and as the crowd was pressing around him, Jesus felt the power from that, was, um, uh, that came out from him and brought healing. And he stops and he says, who, is, who, who touched me? And no one said anything. And, and then Peter's like, hey, there's a, a lot of people that are touching you. And, and he says, I, I, I know someone touched me. I sense the power come out. Um, and then this woman, not only, um, I mean, I can just, I can't even, it's hard to imagine the type of fear that she had, but it says that she came trembling, um, knowing that she was uh, not hidden anymore. And I think that not only did um, God want to heal her of her physical ailments, but wanting to bring about other types of healing. So she comes to Jesus and she says it was me and, and, and explains why she did it and that she was healed. And Jesus uh, turns to her and says, um, says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Um, again, affirming this theme of faith that Jesus really loves, a theme of faith. Um, calling her daughter, um, it, I think, is just um, allowing her to be um invited into the kingdom of God, the family of God. Um, so he's honoring her publicly, acknowledging her faith, calling her a daughter, and then um, telling her to go in faith, which is the verse that I was going to read earlier um, uh, in Luke chapter 2. Here we go. Um, when Jesus was born and the angel, the multitude of angels were singing, and they said, glory to God in the highest um, and on earth, peace uh, among those who whom he is pleased, right? This is in reference to Jesus. So I think um, in a little way that this is um, a fruition of that prophecy coming true, that Jesus is um, bringing peace to this woman um, with whom he was pleased with her faith. Um, so as this is happening and this woman is healed, Jairus is there and probably still 
feeling the urgency of like, hey, why are we stopping? We got to go. Um, and then he gets news that his daughter has passed away. And then they say, don't don't bother the teacher. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Um, and Jesus goes to him and says, um, do not fear, but only believe and she will be well. Jesus wants him to have faith. He wants him to believe. I think sometimes in our lives, too, that we can be um, in, in circumstances like Jairus struggling with the circumstances we find ourselves in. And um, maybe even we're praying for something um, and God maybe is not answering it in the timing that we want. And maybe while we're praying for something, God does a miracle over here. And we're like, but, but my daughter's dying or whatever it is. Um, and so something for us as his disciples is to be reminded that God's timing is different than our timing and that we are still called to have faith and trust in him throughout the, uh, whatever the circumstances might be. So we, we know the rest of this, um, that obviously um, they, they go to um, the house and, and uh, the mourners are already there. And they, um, Jesus says, she's not dead, she's asleep. And, and these, you know, you know when a person's dead, you know, there's, there's no heartbeat, there's no breath, you know, that sort of thing. These are a, a culture that's um, used to seeing death and aware of it. And so they laughed at Jesus. Um, and then Jesus um, grabbed her hand, brought her back to life and uh, called her, uh, called for some food um, to be given to her. Um, and what's the significance of the food? Maybe to, to demonstrate a full healing. It's not just a partial healing that she's able to eat and digest and, and her body just fully working. Um, and so God brings complete healing to her. Um, so uh, that that's those are most of the things that, that I wanted to share with us um, today. And um, so just as, as a reminder um, in this section, we see that our Savior, King Jesus, he has authority over the winds. Um, and the water over Satan, over uh, the demonic realm, over sickness, over disease, and over death itself. And the last thing I, I want to say to you, um, leave you with, is, is I, I want to encourage you um, to have faith and know that Jesus loves you.